like there's just too much going on in the world to be able, like we basically learned yesterday that aliens exist and that some people have conversed or have seen them or met them or whatever and we just it was just like a it was three tweets in a row on your feed and then you went you know past it oh, okay then, sure meh. yeah all okay. right great yeah live from the annex wealth management studios this is wisconsin's morning news here's your host vince petrano Let's go. 8.13 on Wisconsin's Morning News. Thursday morning. Eric's off today. Mike Spaulding in the house here until 9 o'clock along with me. Greg Pancake Hill as always producing the program. The Now if I started with this sentence, Mike, you'd think why? Okay. The House Subcommittee on Oversight and Accountability. I'm locked in. Aren't you? I'm right? locked You're immediately in. interested yeah, in, in yeah, this I'm hot here. topic. Mm-hmm. A subcommittee even of said committee. With a hearing meeting about Capitol a meeting here. today. Yep, here this is going to be really yeah. good. Doesn't sound like the makeup of something very sexy this Thursday morning, but if you thought that, you'd be wrong. The subcommittee hearing on unidentified anomalous phenomena, or UAPs, will come to order. Good morning and welcome to the the most exciting subcommittee in Congress this week. (laughs) Which typically wouldn't be saying a lot, but... The bar is fairly <laughs> low. The other one was on taxes, and the other one was on yeah, right. dirt at parks. So. The most exciting subcommittee in Congress this week, and if you recognize the voice from Wisconsin, Republican Congressman Glenn Grothman chairing this subcommittee, looking into whether the U.S. government has been concealing its knowledge and engagement with intelligent life not of this planet. Used to call them UFOs. I don't know... So much of the language has changed lately in the last 10 years. Yeah, Add that. We've I don't evolved. know. If, We've evolved. I don't know if various aliens were offended. They're like, well, our objects don't really fly. They just sort of maneuver in the sky. Apparently, we've been conversing with them anyway, so they may have registered that objection. Nonetheless, we call them UAPs now. Unidentified aerial phenomenon. I said yesterday, this is going to be another one of these hearings where these guys get together. We look at some grainy video of something that we can't really tell what it is. And somebody says, oh, yeah, we're, we're really not sure about that one couple of documents come to surface not much here and then we just sort of go about our way not true not what played out in washington yesterday am i making a bigger deal like am i is my read wrong on this i thought this testimony before congress was absolutely stunning this is a perfect example of us being over like there's just too much going on in the world to be like we basically learned yesterday that aliens exist and that some people have conversed or have seen them or met them or whatever and we just it was just like a it was three tweets in a row on your feed and then you went you know past it okay sure yeah all right great yeah right is Mm -hmm. that is that not what you heard that's what I heard. Exactly what you heard? That is exactly what I heard. Why isn't this like the biggest story, like blow out the hour on every show, like <laughs> aliens, man. <laughs> and we know them. We've interacted with we them. We need to see them. We got their stuff. We need to see them. You had retired military intelligence officers testifying under oath that not only have we been aware of intelligent life elsewhere in the universe since about the 1930s, and not only has the Pentagon and some dark government forces been concealing that from the world, but that we have interacted with said life, recovered spacecraft, and even used that technology to reverse engineer our own tech. Do you believe that our government is in possession of UAPs? Uh, absolutely based on interviewing uh, over 40 witnesses over four years. And, and, and where? 
I know the exact locations, and, and those locations were provided to the inspector general. Okay, Pancake added the music, but that's real. That was real testimony before the committee. Former Air Force Intelligence Officer Major David Gresh says he has been retaliated against personally and professionally for trying to bring these matters to light. Bring it out. Right, and he says, I mean, like, I've been obstructed in every step of the way. People have tried to destroy me because they don't want me to be putting out what he believes people ought to know. Is he giving us a you-can't-handle-the-truth type, right? Like, <laughs> like somebody we, we, was. we want to see it, but we're not ready collectively as a society to see it. So you're going to hear some members of Congress here asking more questions of the panel, also testifying former U.S. Navy intelligence officer, retired commander David Fravor. Congressman Grothman's question here. Do you believe UAPs pose a potential threat to our national security? Yes, and here's why. The, the technology that we faced was far superior than anything that we had, and you could put that anywhere. If you, if you had one, you captured one, you reverse engineered it, you got it to work, you're talking something that can go into space, go someplace, drop down in a matter of seconds, do whatever it wants, and leave, and there's nothing we can do about it. The technology we faced, like seeming to suggest that they've tangled with these things. It's Independence Day-esque. Right? On a smaller scale, but here and there, we've, we've, we've been tangling. And we've mixed met up. Em. We've met them. We've gotten to the dance floor together. Do you believe UAPs pose a threat to national security? Yes, unequivocally yes. And again, I want to reiterate, these aren't some kooks who wrote a book or a screenplay or some guy who was kicked out of the military or whatever. These are former U.S. military intelligence people. They're under oath and they're testifying before Congress. And yes is their answer to those questions. Aliens are real. They've been here. They're a threat. More on that from our Air Force guy, Major Grush. Has any of the activity... Um, been aggressive, been um, hostile in your reports? Uh, I know of multiple colleagues of mine that got physically injured. And uh, the activity... And I gotta, by, to, by UAPs or by, by people within the, the federal government? Both. What? what? <laughs> it's like a spy thriller. Like we're in the middle of a thriller. Yes. What? Well, like, like government people hurt you or like by the... He he couldn't bring himself to say it. Like by <clears throat> like by the by the aliens? Yes, both. Both. Guys have been hurt. Multiple colleagues physically injured is what he said. Now, for the Pentagon's part, Pentagon has denied those claims of a cover-up. Here's part of the statement from Defense Department spokeswoman Sue Grow. She said investigators have not discovered, quote, any verifiable information to substantiate claims that any programs regarding the possession or reverse engineering of extraterrestrial materials have existed in the past or exist currently. So that's the other level of this, to be honest with you, Mike, in terms of government function here. Not only the information that we're learning, but why haven't we, why aren't we being told about this? This congressman, uh, this is uh, Tim Burchett, Republican Tennessee. We need to tell the folks at the Pentagon, they work for us. Dadgummit, we don't work for them. Dadgummit. And that's exactly the point. This is an issue of government transparency. We can't trust a government that does not trust its people. So I'd say that's true on anything, not just UFOs or UAPs or aliens or whatever. But either way, based on the testimony in Washington this week, there is something out there and here. Do you believe that our government is in possession of UAPs? Uh, absolutely.
On our way to a high of 93 degrees today in your Storm Team forecast. Under mostly sunny skies will be humid as well, and that humidity will bring feels-like temperatures in the range of triple digits. And another warm night with a low down to 71 tonight. Right now, what I got my temp, 75 degrees in Milwaukee. I'm shocked the text line isn't blowing up. Old National Bank talking text line. We could talk about socks, and I get 30 texts on whatever. Like, no aliens, nothing. This thing on. It's too much. Hello? It's too much for for people to comprehend. I think aliens, aliens. Yeah, well, Do you, we no? don't want to know. Bury your head in the sand. <laughs> I could be an alien. Is it because we haven't seen them? Yeah, no, we have to see it. Like if, we, if they rolled out video, little dudes walking around, then we'd be like, oh, that, then that would be like, oh my gosh. The Independence Day scene of Will Smith dragging the alien. Right. Like That's what we need the retired army colonel to do next time is drag the alien corpse yes. through the halls of Congress. They don't want you to see it. Right up to Glenn Grothman's desk. You see this now? Huh? That there it is. Then it twitches. It One comes text. alive. Yeah. Did anyone testify that he had personally seen the recovered spacecraft or biologics Clip I heard was a guy saying, quote, according to high-level personnel still in the program. Don't actually have an answer to that last question, but the texture mentions a word that Pancake picked up on. Greg Hill produces the program. You asked me about biologics this morning. What is that? Yeah, I thought we'd get more biologics. I wanted an over-under count of how many times we said the word biologics. What does that mean? Um, I Personally, I don't know. I think it's just like biometric evidence. Like actual no, the body. Bi- yeah, He's like talking about the body. The actual biology of an alien. Where are you keeping the alien corpses? Indeed. Okay. That's what you heard, Deb? Yep, that's what I heard. The body or some sort of uh, physical evidence, you know, like cell scrapings, any kind of like body parts. Do they have or DNA? Even, maybe even, That's yeah. what it is. So alien it's, DNA? It's DNA. Okay. All right, well, I want to hear more about the biologics. I can read you, you know, about biologics. I can I can inform you. Are you interested? Nah, it's a it's... biopharmaceutical, and you're out. Okay, man, I'm out. <laughs> Just right. until I see him walking around, I that guess. better. What more do we have on Hunter Biden this morning? Because when we were on the air right about this time, he was getting close to his hearing, his plea hearing in Delaware, which all quickly collapsed yesterday morning. Devolved. It devolved into essentially nothing. So what we have is... Hurry up and wait, essentially. The judge in the case heard the arguments for and against the plea deal. The prosecution defense could not come to an agreement on what that is. And the judge said, okay, if no one can agree, then we're just going to put this on pause for 30 or so days. Both sides can discuss it out of court. You can come back and you can either present us with a a plea, another one, or as uh, CBS's Scott McFarland says... Likely what's going to happen is that things are going to head to trial. This case is now back on a trajectory toward trial. The trial, by the normal pacing of the federal court system, seems destined for 2024. If no new plea agreement is reached, which means you have a Biden and a Trump on a pathway towards trial in 2024. And again, Vince, we'll know more when the two sides are back in court uh, sometime around uh, this date in August. So essentially, we don't know a lot more than we knew yesterday other than the plea agreement could not be agreed upon because there were some discrepancies that were previously unknown at the time. Judge was investigating some apparent, or at least in her opinion, shenanigans played by the prosecution. And the, you know, some of the questioning was like, why do we have a deal here? And what is this deal? And more importantly, what specifically does this deal say about any possible future investigations? Well, that's the that's the carrot at the end of the stick, right? Is that the the idea here is that these misdemeanors 
are just that. The larger questions are for the president's son regarding business dealings in countries like China and Ukraine and things along those lines. So it's do we just give him full immunity from the larger charges, which maybe are way bigger than what we're dealing with right now? And is the trade-off there? Is it equal? Evidently not. 829 on Wisconsin's Morning News. If you were a Facebook user at any time over the last decade and a half or so, Vince, you might be eligible for a portion of a $725 million settlement. Facebook's parent company, Meta, agreed to the settlement late last year. It was sued over allegations that it allowed millions of its users' personal information to be provided to a company that supported Donald Trump's 2016 presidential campaign. In 2018, it was revealed that Cambridge Analytica had paid a Facebook app developer for access to the personal information of about 87 million users. That information was then used to target voters during Trump's successful campaign. Christopher Cruz, CBS News, Washington. So if all estimated 2.4 billion daily <laughs> okay. active Facebook users apply for this, we're, nah, we're all eligible for about two cents. Yeah, that's what I was getting. Yeah. Pancake's aware of this. He's already applied. Did you, did you, I didn't, yeah, where I did you? like months ago. Where, did you, someone send you something? No, I remember it was in the, it was in a news story when it happened. You weren't I, afraid you were going to get scammed or something like that? No, because Facebook? it would make, no, and like, I've signed up for a few class action lawsuits before, gotten like 11 whole dollars, and so it's quite a rush. So I said, the Facebook one, this scale, like you said, Mike, what was it, two cents? Yeah, about well, that okay. was Mike's math. That's if yeah, everyone that's does it, though. Right. So I'm banking yeah. on not a lot of people do. You guys didn't know until today. You're actually preferring we would not have mentioned it. Today. Yeah, kind of. But, I want a little bit more of the cut. Because right? now I'm going to sign up. Yeah, me too. Oh, yeah. Thanks. I need that two dollars. There it is. Or whatever that's going to be. You know what, Greg? I actually I like that. You're going to be a new father. Yeah, you're I teaching your child every dollar matters, every cent matters. I will never scoff at a check in my mailbox for seven dollars and seventeen cents. I will greet it with a smile. I've filled out rebates for four bucks. Yeah, exactly right. <laughs> like the cost of the stamp is like sixty cents. <laughs> thank now or whatever. Thank you for that beer. For real. Also, though, here's the thing. What did you say it was seven hundred twenty-five million dollars? Yeah, divided so, by two point four billion. But you can't do that because you know who's going to get most of it? The lawyers. Yeah, put that like at 3 billion users, right? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Because lawyers, yeah. Yeah, so I think we're probably in the cents instead of the dollars. 839 on Wisconsin's Morning News. <laughs> 75 degrees on Wisconsin's Morning News, about 17 minutes before 9 o'clock. We had the earlier conversation about the testimony on Capitol Hill about the existence of UAPs, unidentified aerial phenomenon, the fact that it's several... High-level former intelligence officials from within the United States military testifying that they've been stymied as they've tried to put out information about the fact that the United States has not only known about life from other parts of the universe for decades, but that we've interacted with that and even used the technology we've recovered to reverse engineer our own tech. Do you believe that our government is in possession of UAPs? Uh, absolutely based on interviewing uh, over 40 witnesses over four years. And, and, and where? I know the exact locations, and, and those locations were provided to the inspector general. That's testifying before the committee, former Air Force intelligence officer, Major David Gresh. So we got, we got a text, which was interesting, Mike. Someone texted into the old National Bank talking text line, the witnesses are part of the cover-up. No evidence, but always some reference to someone or something. No one can verify. Then the government can say it's all hearsay and no evidence. Placate us a little bit. 
Like they're right. just going to placate. The Pentagon sends these guys over mm-hmm. there and say, like, listen, here's what you're going to do. You're going to you're going to tell them that we're hiding stuff. You're going to tell them that we don't want them to know, and then tell them there's all this evidence, and it's of course nowhere that they can find it. So. I've heard about it. A guy told me once <laughs> right. that he saw an alien, fought it, whatever. I'm not saying that's what's at play here, but it's definitely a plausible theory. At this point, I believe anything. Like, honestly, like I'm I'm up for whatever. A couple other stories I want to talk about this morning. Of course, 9.30 a.m. this morning, the full Milwaukee County Board will meet. And tops on the agenda is the proposed 0.4% sales tax increase that would be countywide. You need 12 of the 18 Milwaukee County Board members to vote in favor of that increase in order to meet the threshold set by Act 12, which said, all right, you guys can get together, you can raise your tax. But you got to have a two-thirds majority within your body to do that. So the WTMJ Newsroom will be keeping an eye on those proceedings to the Milwaukee County Board of the Courthouse later this morning. Another interesting text that I got was we were talking with Mark Tauscher about Green Bay Packers training camp. And I told you that I worked training camp when I was a student at St. Norbert College, where the Packers, for more than 60 years, had housed their residential uh, camp, if you will, right? So... All the players would stay in the dorms at St. Norbert. The coaches would stay on campus as well if they wanted to. Others who lived in town were free to stay at their homes. And then they would eat there, breakfast, lunch, dinner, snack, and then use the lecture halls and stuff for for their team meetings. And it was a great tradition. It started in the Lombardi era, or if not before. Vince Lombardi loved it because as many people who know Coach Lombardi know, he was a devout Catholic, and the Norbertines are Catholic, so he would go to Mass every morning there on campus but it was, a, it was a long tradition, and I, as a St. Norbert student, had an opportunity to work at training camp for two seasons when I was in college. Uh, and this was right when the Packers were coming of age again. Brett Favre was, I think, in his second season when I started at camp. Reggie White had just come in. The golden the golden yeah. era was beginning. Chewy, around here, I was I often talked to him. I remember him in training camp in those young days. You know, so many amazing names, and the, the coaching tree, true. I mean— Holmgren was there. Andy Reid was there. Dick Duran was there, became a head coach. Um, man, I'm forgetting guys, but uh, Steve Mariucci was there. Like mm-hmm. all of these guys in the Holmgren coaching tree were, were a part of that staff. So what an amazing opportunity I had as a, as a young person. But someone did ask, like, do you know why the Packers stopped going to St. Norbert for training camp? They're not basing their camp there this year, nor have they in the last several. So... A couple of things on that, and this is just me talking. This is not based on any official information that I've received from the team or from St. Norbert College, but observations that I can share. They stopped during COVID. The NFL changed all sorts of protocol during COVID as they tried to get the season off. And so what could have been just a one-off, and they might otherwise have returned to St. Norbert, they just haven't since. My guess is, Mike, that that's done. That, Yeah, I... Teams want to control every aspect of everything. <laughs> Indeed. And so why not, if you're renovating things and spending money, would you not renovate your facilities? You want to attract free agents, things along those lines. Everyone's going to want top of the line, right? Yeah, and the Packers used to have an advantage because so many teams took, I mean, for a while they called it the Cheese League because a number of teams had their training camps based at colleges here. I think River Falls housed somebody. Lacrosse may have housed somebody. I think Whitewater had somebody. These teams would come here to Wisconsin because they needed these dormitory facilities, and also they needed cafeteria, and they needed these large lecture halls and video projection units and all the things that they might not have had 
within close proximity at their stadiums with also their practice facilities. To your point, the Green Bay Packers have spent and now are enjoying the fruits of yet another renovation to 1265 Lombardi Avenue, where they have new coaching rooms, new offices, new team breakout rooms. So the receivers are in this room and the quarterbacks are in this room. They're all juiced with the finest technology. No Green Bay Packers player or coach wants or needs for anything. They have a full cafeteria to serve all of the players. And your medical facilities, too. Everything is right there, and they're practicing across the street. So I think the Packers now, both because they no longer have that necessity for some of these outside facilities that St. Norbert for a long time provided, um, they also, like you said, have an opportunity to sort of control everything, and they can eat when they want to eat and whatever. Not that we weren't fully open to whatever they needed. (laughs) They were wanting for nothing, I'm sure, Coach Holmgren says he wants this at this time. All right, that's what Coach wants. So uh, an awesome opportunity for me as a young person that uh, sadly is one of those things that sort of just goes away, but uh, pretty cool. But for those who were wondering, yeah, no more at St. Norbert. My guess is, again, nothing official here, but my guess is that relationship is um, not going to come back in that capacity. 849 on Wisconsin's Morning News. WTMJ forecast sponsored by Dave Drake Camp Heating, where your comfort is their family's tradition. And the heat, my God, the heat! Hot enough, for, hot enough for you out there. How hot is it, Mike? <laughs> yeah, the the weather. You frying an egg out there? Okay, you frying fine. an egg. Yeah, on the. You'll see that somebody on TV is going to do it. The new one is you bake bread in your in your uh, mailbox. <laughs> you see that one? No, oh. I did, but that that was fake. That was debunked. It was, was, debunked. was it debunked. Yeah, it was oh, debunked. Because that lady was so convincing. Yeah, no. I do have a friend who made pizza rolls on her dashboard when it got really hot. Were they like, edible or were they just like partially? I, I think they're a little doughy, yeah. but they were edible. <laughs> a little doughy. What's the weather like out there? It's hot. Damn hot. Real hot. Let you, all right. Let me get it to you. 93 degrees, your inland high, hot and humid, uh, just a little bit cooler near the lake. Uh, Brendan Johnson has 85 degrees for your lakeside high. When we lived on the east side for a number of years, we were like, well, we don't really need air conditioning because, you know, we're by the lake and it usually... Oh, yeah. Burr. Nope. <laughs> Bad call? <laughs> Wrong call. The humidity... Could push some of those feels-like temperatures up into the triple digits for today. And then one more night where it still stays warm, really, overnight. And when you talk about the heat getting to a dangerous point, that's what they always point out is it's not so much a few hours in this heat. It's that you don't, if you don't have AC, you don't get a break. And so when it's still in the 70s overnight and you cannot cool off and give your body a break, that's when it becomes problematic. So one more night like that, and then we cool off into the mid-80s for Friday. 80 degrees your high Saturday. Sunday's high 80, Monday 81. So back down to some more manageable temperatures. Let me give you some perspective. So I was in 115-degree heat for the last Yeah, but it was dry choice. So I'm back here. This is like sweater weather. In Las Vegas. Oh, sure. But it's a sweater weather. There's something to that dry heat thing, though, right? I mean, to a point. When you suck the humidity out, I mean, again, yeah. 115 is an oven. That's fine, but so there is because I was in the pool, so my, you know, I'm up to my chest in in cool water. Then above that, I, I could handle it. No, I wouldn't walk around in 115 degree weather all day. But Vince, you bring up a great point about not being able to cool down at night. And you know where it's just sometimes I, you flip over the pillow. I'm like, I'm just looking for a little bit of cool. <sighs> yeah, right. you, nobody does well on a lack of sleep. And I remember there was one summer in Chicago that was so hot. I was so desperate to cool down. I, I had a, one of those big bags of ice in the freezer, and I literally put a pillowcase around it and slept with a bag of ice. 
It, it 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 thawed and melted throughout the night, but it was the that's only a way. Wet sleep. But you know what? It was. I was so yeah. desperate for relief, right? and it did cool me down. No AC. It, honestly, I don't think it could keep up. Wow. I was on the second floor of a flat in of a two story in uh, what do you call them, a two flat in Chicago. Some of the it hottest I've ever been when we took the kids to Disney when they were still pretty little. You know, my wife was teaching at the time. It was tough for me to get off at certain times around the holidays or whatever. So we went in July to Orlando and that's like <laughs> 96 degrees for the high temp every day and humidity was whatever to the point where it rained every afternoon just to release some of oh, that yeah. moisture, right? And I remember walking around and, you know, like all of our pictures from Disney were all shined up from the sunscreen <laughs> and whatever else. But there is something like from up here, I know, I know we get the humidity and all that, but they just wear it better in the South. Like folks have that who were used to it, kind of had a little bit of a glow, a little bit of shine. Mm -hmm. We look like swamp creatures. <laughs> it is it is tough to take. If you're not used to it, it's like, wow, it just wears you down. <laughs> it's the humidity, I tell you. But it really does slow you down. That's, I think, why things do move a little bit slower in the southeast, yeah. where I've grown up. But it is no joke. Like, hydrate. Hydrate, hydrate, hydrate. Here's what I was doing in Vegas. Every drink, I had a, a bottle of water with it. Back and forth. Yeah. So I was doing exactly what the uh, medical professionals play. advised me to do. Did you have a drink after every uh, puff of a cigar smoke? I did. Yeah. <laughs> a, Usually it wasn't water, though. More, more on Steve's bender coming up for the next three hours. Steve and Sandy, WTMJ Now is up next.